Hi to all our listeners. This is Coach Chelsea, the host of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, a place where athletes, coaches, and athletic professionals come together to talk about faith, sports, and servant leadership. We hope that this podcast blesses you. If there's anything we could do for you, please find us at the Chelsea F on Twitter, at Chief Friend John, C-H-E-F-R-A-N-J-O-H-N on Instagram and streaming live at Chelsea F. Muir on Facebook. We pray that you continue to be blessed and continue to serve as God would ask us to. And I'm so excited to have Coach Corey Black on today. I met through another venue and another group that we are part of, but the moment that he reached out to me and we've been communicating, I've just always seen the servanthood and who he is, the faith and who he is, the humility. Oh my God, scream so loud. That sounds very ironic to say, but his humility is one of the first things that I noticed about him. AD and coach in his own right, um, just amazing person, a part of a lot of different organizations. So I couldn't have a servant leadership um, conversation without including Coach Corey Black. And I gotta, I gotta admit, Coach, you know, you've already kind of put a little out there to give uh, anyway about what you'd be talking about today. So I'm super excited. Not going to prolong the time. I just want to thank you for being here. And I'm going to go ahead and pass the torch to you. Thank you so much just for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Chelsea, for having me on. Um, first, I want to say thank you for everything that you do. Um, you know, during the pandemic, me and my friends used to talk, oh, it's a Zoom every day. We Zooming, Zooming, Zooming. And I said, well, you know, the thing about it, the really good Zooms, the ones that got value are going to last. Guess what? Yours is still going, like you say, seven months. It's a lot of folks who are doing Zooms, and you don't see them anymore. They gone because it was just something to do. But yours it is what you should be doing. And I, I want to say thank you for, for doing this. It's, it's really valuable. Thank and, you, Coach. And, and what happens is, you know, we get so caught up and, you know, during the pandemic, everybody was like, slow down. This stuff is good. Everybody need to slow down. And all we had was Zoom. Now, guess what? World starting to get back going. People going to work. And we're getting back to our old ways at times, not not settling down, not, not giving our time back and having these conversations and talking about our faith. But when we was in that pandemic, that's all we folks were scared and didn't know what was going to happen, if they was going to have a job. We want to pray and have all these leadership meetings. And not a lot on going, but thank God, Jersey is still here. And again, I just want to say thank you for having me on. And I'm not going to take much of y'all time. And uh, just give you a little bit background about me. I'm the athletic director and head basketball coach here at St. Ann Pacelli here in Columbus, Georgia. I'm going into year five. Of, of being the head coach here and year three of being the athletic director. Um, I'm just going to start with my, my background, where I'm coming from, and I better tell you my 1% journey over my last 18 years. Originally, I'm from Tifton, Georgia. That is South Georgia, um, right there by the line of Valdosta, Florida line. And um, I'm going to start back in high school. I was a 5'9 shooting guard that also ran cross country. 
I was a five nine shooting guard that also ran cross country. Thought I had a, t- a shot to, to play college basketball. You you couldn't tell me nothing. Um, so growing up, I, I never forget it. In eleventh grade, I played for my high school coach. His name was Tommy Blackshear. Legend coach. I just brought him back to be the coach this year, and. Um, we had a competitive basketball team. They went to the state tournament like 25 times in a row. You had to be able to play to make the team. So it's a couple of things that separates from, from, from making a team. It's talent, attitude, character, grades. 11th grade, I go out there, try out, say, I know I got this in the bag. Coach called me in. said, Corey, what's going on with you? with your report card. You got a couple C's. I said, I'm still eligible. He said, okay. And sending us about it. This is doing trials. So next day we go out there, you know, you look up there to see if the name on the wall. Guess who name went on now? Mine. Corey Black didn't make the basketball team or junior. One of the best shooters in the school. Best thing ever happened to me in my life. <laughs> like Michael Jordan said he got cut. Corey Black got cut too. Look at me now. Thank God he did. Um, but I went home and I told my mom about it. And she said, uh, you know, this is this is this is really good, Corey. Cause you lost focus. You was being average. And you didn't get it done, so you didn't deserve to make the team. But I tell you what, my mama said, you keep God first, everything'll fall in place. So I took that year. It was a junior high school. I took that year. Just kept getting better. Just just kept getting better. And um, just remembering what my mama said. Keep God first. Everything will fall in place. Fast forward to senior year. Got my grades together. Made the team. Had a good season. Went to the state tournament. I think I'm doing so. Good little basketball player that made a comeback. Fast forward, end of the season, made the state tournament. Had a teammate with me. His name was Chris Foster. He was 6'9". And, you know, everybody want a 6'9". Everybody don't want a 5'9", two-guard. Um, so we had a we had a school. That, so school name was Southern Union in Alabama. Southern Union, Alabama. He wanted to recruit. He was a cross-country coach and a basketball coach. So... He was recruiting the 6'9 to play basketball. He felt like if he could talk me into it, get somebody to go out there with him, he can get a 6'9 and have a 5'9 cross-country runner, too. And um, and I told him I had aspirations of coaching, too. And I'm thinking I'm going to play basketball. I don't know. That, the rest of this story is coming. So he's going to take us on a visit. I'm sitting there in the school lobby one Thursday morning, we're going to go on a visit on a Thursday, come back on a Friday. I got my bass pack. I'm fired up. I'm going to go on a college visit. Five nine shooting guard. I'm going to get this scholarship, even though I'm going for cross country, but I'm going to sneak away on the basketball team because I got six nine or uh, Chris Foster with I'm a teammate. We're going to go over here. We're going to make the team. We're going to win the championship. Coach, I'm like, Corey, you got the play because we got six nine. Anyway, by 8.30 hit, coach get there. I'm fired up. Guess who not there? Chris Foster, my teammate. I said, uh-oh. 
He said, Coach, where Chris at? I said, I don't know, Coach. Let me go in here and call him. I start calling his cell phone, blowing him up, blowing him up. He doesn't answer. So I get over there in the corner, start praying. First thing hit me. Mama said, keep God first. Everything will work itself out. So we go back out there. We wait about an hour, another hour. And uh, I said, Coach, he ain't answering the phone. He walks out the door. He said, I got to go then. He got about 10 steps outside. And I'm just sitting over there. I'm probably crying and about to go crazy. And I start saying, I said, Mama said, if you keep God first, everything will fall in place. He turns around. He said, Court, come on. I still want to. Let's go. I said, really? He said, yes. Went to Southern Union, went on a visit. He signed me. Not play no basketball, though. <laughs> he signed me. He said, Cor, I still want you. I want you to come over here and run across country for me because I still need a runner. And I want you to coach because you told me you want to coach. So guess what? You're going to coach. I said to myself, I say, my mama said, if you keep God first, things will fall in place. And I was like, boom, wow. That happened. Went to Southern Union, ran cross country two years. I helped coach. That's how my coaching journey started. I started coaching straight out of high school. He gave me duties. He gave me a clipboard. He let me recruit straight out of high school. Unbelievable. I said, wow, this, my mama said, I, tell, I always I always used to go back. My mama said, you keep God first, everything going to fall in place. Just just keep him first. So we did that two years. We won two state championships. And some of you ain't got a chance to go to a national tournament. At this time, I'm connecting with coaches. I'm connecting with them, building relationships, build, build, building all my relationships with, with coaches because we had a really good team. We had, we had players, six, nine, and division one players, and I started building relationships with them. So we get to the end of year two, junior college, so it's only a two-year deal. We get the two-year deal. Here we go again, y'all. I had a wing on my team. And I had a point guard on my team. When your name was Terrence Hill, point guard Terrell, Terrell Turner. They was getting recruited by every division two in the country. I built relationships, remember. We got two players, got the assistant coach. Let's talk. So we had a lot of stuff going on, but we had one school that really wanted us all three, and it was Columbus State. Columbus State wanted all of us. I said, uh-oh, here we go again. I got to I gotta just stick to this stick, keep God first, everything going to fall in place. So one day before, I think we was going to have to go on a visit in a couple weeks, me and Terrence Hill, who was like one of the best players in the country, we were walking on campus. This is Watley, Alabama. Nothing is in Watley, Alabama. They have no traffic lights. It's nothing. Nothing but a truck stop. Go over there and get your six tater logs on the weekend. That's your dinner for the weekend. Figure it out. Wait for the cafeteria to open on Monday morning. Um, so that that's 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 what we're doing. Um, but one day we were walking on campus, and uh, me and Tansy were just walking back to the dorm, and Coach pulls up. It was Kennesaw State. And um, he just pulled up. Me and Terrence didn't even know. Which they, I don't think they were trying to uh, have me part of the package anyway. So he said, Terrence, let's go. And I said, what's up, coach? He said, well, I said, where are we going? 
he said, uh, you ain't going. I said, Terrence, we, we should have gone on a visit. I said, Coach, I'm going to get my stuff too. He said, no, sir, Corey, we're just going to take Terrence. We'll, 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 we'll come back and talk to you later. Guess what? I said, this ain't going good because Columbus State's going to be taking all of us, and I'm going to have my opportunity to go with them to Columbus State, and I'm going to be good. Not so fast, my friend. They went to Kennesaw State, took in the six flags, never seen T. Hill again, signed with Kennesaw State. Guess what? I'm sitting right there. Ah, here we go again. My mama said, keep God first, this thing going to fall in place. So my junior college coach, Ron Rapper, he calls the coach at Columbus State and says, we got some good news and we got some bad news. It was Herbert Green, he was the head coach at Columbus State, coached there 30 years. Say, the bad news is Terrence Hill has signed with Kennesaw State. And we had Terrell Turner, the other one, too. He went on and did his thing. He signed with Carson Noma. He said, but the good news is I still got Corey Black sitting right here. And I'm sitting there, I'm hearing this conversation, and I'm sitting right there in the office just praying. Mama, you said, keep God first, this thing going to work out. Coach Green said, you know what? I still want, I want Corey. Tell him to come on. Coach hung up the phone. He said, Corey, you want it? I said, do I want it? I got to have it. <laughs> and uh, so I ended up signing, I ended up going to Columbus State. Coach Green still gave me an opportunity. He said, Corey, we ain't want the most too bad as we wanted you anyway. You, you, you the more valuable. So two years at Southern Union, building relationships, connecting the dots, got to Columbus State. Young, like young. Go to Coach Green, I started at the video camera. Still got to run cross country. They found out real fast that uh, I probably was just a good JUCO runner. Probably wasn't ready for uh, Division Two cross country. So that lasted about <laughs> about a semester. And uh, a couple of my friends say, "Oh, Corey, you the only only cross country runner we know that red shirt in cross country." I said, "I know they were trying to just save save a couple of my years. They wanted to, they wanted to give me a little bit more time to get ready." But I never ran more, no more cross country. But I started at the video, um, worked my way up. I filmed the games for one year. Um, then I got to the floor um, for about two years, graduated. Um, it was doing this process, then I, I coached another year, and Coach Green was a 30-year vet, got ready to retire. And we had a top assistant. His name was Doug Branson. Then I was the next assistant. And they opened the job up. And I was like, uh-oh, here we go again. I'm going to be out of job because they're not going to give us the job. Got a young assistant coach. Got a young uh, Corey Black right there. About, I probably 22, 23 years old. I said, even if they give Coach Branson the job, they ain't fit a high uh, Corey Black and make him the youngest uh, assistant in the country in Division Two, that's not going to happen. So I started saying, okay, here we go again. Mama said, keep God first. Everything going to fall in place. Boom. They gave the job to Coach Branson. He hired me to be the youngest assistant in the country. Stayed over there four or five years. Um, 
did a great, did a great, great job over there. Coach Branson, I'm, I'm forever grateful. But what happened was, I said, these jumpers are fighting. You don't win no games. I said, let me figure this thing out. So I ended up getting out of it. I ended up getting out of it. I started my CB hoops. Uh, I help. I host uh, showcase events, expose events. It started growing on me. Instead, Columbus State was great. I was helping um, 12 to 15 kids, recruit them just to Columbus State. Good Lord said, Corey, I want you to help thousands of kids. I want you to help more kids. So I listened, got in the school system, got in the school system. I did that, started my CB hoops, kept it building, 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 expanded it all across the country. I was helping kids from everywhere. Um, I, I did some discipline stuff in the school. I was building that up, did some elementary PE stuff. Um, took a break out of education. I said, I'm ready to get paid now. Got a, got a wife, got a daughter. I said, I need to get paid. Um, I was doing some part-time work at, at uh, B&B Beverage, which was, a, which was a beer distributor. And I went in there and worked it, worked it. Ended up being a manager and for Budweiser. Let you drink beer. I thought I was the man. But you know what? I was miserable. Every day I used to go in there just miserable, miserable. And um, I, I, I sat back, and at that time, I was being successful, um, really having a lot of success money-wise, but I was miserable mentally. And um, I had to go back to what, what my mom said. He got first, I had to get back in place because stuff was out of place at that time. And uh, so I left it. I left it. I got out of it. I, I left the job. Most money I ever made. Um, really blessed financially to work there, but I walked out of there. So I'm good. I went back to the school, school district, got back in education, got my CB hoops back popping, and um, we we rolled ever since. And um, this job came open at Patelli just to go coach basketball. I got in that because that was a little bit downtime. And um, they called me the year later, said we want to offer you the assistant AD job. And then I did that. Then the next year, they said we want to offer you the full-time assistant job. And um, that's where we're at now, y'all. And it all go back to, hey, my mama says you keep every, keep God first. Everything will fall in place. So that that's my journey. That that That's my journey. Um, and that that's where I'm at now. I'm all about, got a little slogan that I use for my, used to just be basketball. Now it's for my whole athletic department. Now it's almost for my whole school. It's 1%. The goal is to get 1% better every day. 365 days will be 365% better. Um, when I took this job here at Pacelli, it, it was probably the worst job in the state. We went 0-22. Um, i never forget when Randolph played and lost 65-5 one night. And I just told my kids, just keep getting better. I used to throw in what my mom always said, keep going first, y'all things gonna fall in place. So we went from zero to twenty-two to five and twenty-one to thirteen to eighteen to eighteen and ten. And it all keep God first, everything fall in place, and just continue to get one percent better. So I, I don't know if I hit you. I don't know if that's what my journey, but that was my journey, my faith story on where I, where I have been for the last 20 years. 
Well, Coach, I think that's perfect and on point, especially with anytime we can insert our own personal journeys. But when you go back to that mama said, and what I put down in the chat talking to the other people that are on board, you know, I said it's nothing like a praying mother, right? That's going to give you the realness. That's not going to coddle you. And especially me being in coaching and education, that makes us who we are. When you get that realness of a mom, that realness of a mother figure, those prayers. And when you got cut from the team, it wasn't, let me call right now, call that coach. You know, that happens so often these days. Let me call that coach and figure out why this happened. No, she said, well, Corey, let me tell you, you know what you need to do. Keep God first and everything will fall in place. And it's so amazing those seeds being planted. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. um, And Pastor Dennis McNulty, who's on here a lot, he talks about those seeds that are planted by the mother. Um, and, and I see that so evidently uh, within your walk and even where you are today and now parent in your own right. Um, so that was perfect. And I thank you for that. I want to just kind of move real quick and just talk to you, Coach, you know, seeing those ups and downs and how, you know, our plan is one way. You talked about how you moved to this position um, with uh, the company. Uh, I forget what you said. The Bud- Was it Budweiser? Yes, yes. Okay, with Budweiser. And like you said, my finances were better. Um, I thought I was the man. This was my plan. I thought that was my definition of success. So often in being a coach and a leader, we try to utilize um, our plan and our way. What would you say to coaches and leaders about, A, what you just went through and understanding, you said, I didn't have pure happiness. You know, what would you say to those coaches and leaders that are trying to find their way and those positions you always go back to mama said how would you encourage those young and and seasoned leaders to hear the voice of god and to follow his plan instead of our own yeah and great question just i just think you have to you have to chase your purpose you have to chase your passion don't chase money um it's, it's easy to chase money but chase your purpose chase your passion i um uh, I get opportunities all the time where, and it's first thing I think about is the money. And I said, no, that's, that's not my purpose. That's not my passion. So uh, I just think you have to just go back to the root of why you do. What's your why? What keeps you going? Is, is your why money? Is your why? Is your, is your why your kids? Is your wife, your husband or your, your wife? What's, what's your why? And once you get back to your why, every it'll bring you back to your purpose and your passion. I think that's so true. And I'm reading down here and try not to get too tickled, but it's so true. Um, You know, one of my favorite scriptures we have is Tammy Lynn. And she said, you know, Matthew 6 and 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. And I think that's just what we have to do. You know, each morning I try my best to get a little better and hear different podcasts and, you know, seek the word. And I think if we keep our eye, not I think I know keep our eye on the prize and seeking first the kingdom of God, he'll explain those paths, you know, and granted, he gives us free will now. I tell people all the time, you know, he gives us free will. And sometimes I tell people he has to come to me like the should have had a V8 commercial and pop me upside my forehead sometimes. Um, But when we seek his will, we seek what he has for us. Those things will fall into place. So so I appreciate uh, you for that. Coach, there's so many things. You talked to us about CB Hoops. Um, expansion and you know one of the things I put down here I said God dwells in expansion you know he says this right now I'm not going to come back until my word is preached all across not just to 
people that look like us, not just the people that we know. What good is it to, you know, hold in what we know of Christ for ourselves? And that extends to some other groups that you're in, one of which that we share commonality, Embrace Us. Can you take a few moments to just kind of talk to us about Embrace Us and the time that we live in? What is about, you know, how important it is to you and some of the things that, you know, you're doing with that organization? Yeah, Embrace Us is an organization that we started here just a couple um, months ago. And um, during the pandemic, with everything going on, and got with uh, Coach Brian Collins. He's the head coach at Tennessee State. And um, we just want to start an organization for everyone. You know, at first they they, they, they put out, oh, we want to be the Black Coaches Association. They said, no, we don't want to do that. We want to do the African American. They said, no, we ain't going to do that. So we came up, I don't know how we did it. I do know how we do it. Good Lord brought the name down and said, we're going to call it Embrace, capital race, all races, embrace us, everyone, everybody. Uh, thank you for that, Chelsea. Embrace us is is everyone. And, and, and what we do is just we empower, we, we promote. And um, th- th- those are our main things is, is what we do with Embrace Us. And we got we got a star-studded group of not just coaches. We got presidents, athletic directors, sports agents, uh, TV broadcast people. And what we're trying to do is just grow. We're trying to grow with all parties, uh, all races. We And we're just trying to do different things. And what I love about Embrace Us the most is, you know, during the pandemic, you had this group start some, this group start some, this group. Everybody wanted to start something. Everybody wanted to put a poster out. Everybody wanted to do a website. Everybody wanted that attention grab. Best thing I like about Embrace Us, we just get in our own little hole and we just work and we just empower each other and we help our student athletes and um, we just gonna keep going and, and and keep growing. So that's that's pretty much what embraces us. Thank you, Coach. And and I think you now I think I know you said it best is that God gave that mission. God gave yes. that name. And it is exactly what it is. It, one of the most amazing things when I was so thankful to actually get the invite to be a part, one of the most amazing things was the first time I logged on. And much like this, you know, Coach Paul, who's always on here, and he says it all the time, love your neighbor. Yeah. Period at the end. It doesn't say love your neighbor if they insert and to sit there and watch over 40, 50 and the numbers keep climbing and boxes of from all walks of life who without the pandemic, otherwise we may not have met, you know? And so I just thank God for it. And, you know, I ask that he just continues to advance every platform that's moving the agenda forward, you know, um, being a servant leader and all of the things that you're a part of, sometimes there's, you know, moments where even though God is good, he takes us through some of those hard paths, coach. We know it, you know, whether it's sports related, life related, whatever the case may be, you know, my pastor, and he always says, uh, if, if rain hadn't hit your life, keep waking up and saying good morning. Okay. Right. And so when those moments hit coach, what gets you out of those? Was rest. What wakes you up? What keeps you going? What kind of pulls you back to balance in those moments? I always go back to my wife, my daughter. Um, it, and, and you, Zachary, right, you know, in this servant leadership role that we all play, you know, I tell my principal this, like, it's 
we can motivate our players, we can motivate our teachers, we can motivate our coaches, but Corey Black needs to motivate sometime too. <laughs> I need somebody to get, get Corey Black fired up. And that's why you gotta have accountability partners. Um, like people in our organization embrace us. You gotta have somebody like Cabrera Huff. I don't know if he's in on here or not. You know, uh just somebody that's gonna hold you accountable. You got to have people, I'm telling you, when you get in those ruts, who gonna check you. You know, the the problem is when you get in a rut and some people, especially leadership, and a whole lot of folks checking leaders. They don't always get checked. We always sometimes get the other side of uh, we did. They don't check the leader. You, that's why you got to have another leader checking you. Somebody holding you accountable saying, hey, get out of it. Let's go. Let, let's keep it together. Um, so when you go back to the why and, and you surround yourself with people that's on the right path and, and somebody that's holding you accountable, that that's what gets me on it. And, it's, and it, it comes back to you got to have people that's going to check you. Oh my gosh, I cannot say that enough. Uh, and Coach Huff is actually on today. I just saw oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I know he's going to have something for you. He's smiling right now. And I'm going to say this at Coach Ready. I am actually going to open it up in just a minute. You know, we seek and we know that for many of us, God has empowered us and, and placed a call in our lives to reach our young people. Um, and understanding that that young people, it does not end at 18. A lot of times we have this mindset that now they're grown at 18. No, they're not. Oh, my gosh. They still need so much guidance. And so rather on the middle school, high school, collegiate level, even when they get to pros, you know, sometimes these pros and pro athletes, they're 20, 19, joining the ranks and becoming adults, you know. What is the biggest thing for, and I don't want to lean over more so for the population, what is the biggest advice that you could give any young males that are watching? I know sometimes my nephews and young people and things that, I, that they'll pop in and say, Ms. Johnson, I watched today. What's a bit of advice you could give these young men that are trying to find their way in this world that may not feel that faith and, and praying and God is cool and something good to do? What's a word of advice you could give them to kind of bring them into that? Oh, wow. Great question. Um, that's a real deep question right there. Cause that's a real, <laughs> that's a real question though. You know what I mean? We take that, we take that question for granted and be like, Hey, go pray. Go talk to God. But for kids, it ain't that easy. They ain't connected like that. Um, but the best advice I can, I can give them is find a positive, find some positives in your life. Find positive people in your life. Uh, find somebody that's not the cool thing to do. Find, Go find somebody older, somebody that's doing the right thing. You know they're doing the right thing. Because kids know who's doing the right thing and who's not doing the right thing. And go follow them. If they're doing the right thing, follow them. And um, like you say, birds of a feather flock together. Find those people that you connect with that you know they are doing the right things. You know if they're doing the right thing. Your mama don't know, they, the auntie, they'll tell you they do, but you know if they're doing the right thing. Get you a group of those people. Follow them. Follow them. And you'll start seeing how, how, how it works. I, I got a perfect example. I got a kid on my football team, just got here, and he's he high-level person, high-level person. And um, I use him all the time to our football team. And he, he, he just got here and he, he 
keeps God first in everything he do. And he go out there and score five touchdowns on last Friday. And all the kids are like, how does he score five touchdowns? Look how he live. Look how he pray. Look how he walk. Look how he act. You want to be able to go score four, five touchdowns? Act like him. Live like him. Follow him. So that's the best advice I can give to kids. And, and he has rolled off to a lot of our other kids in our whole school. And they're like, okay, I probably need to settle down and look like this and walk like this and pray like this, and I have some success. So that's my best advice. And surround yourself with some positive people who you know are doing the right thing. For as much as that was a deep question, Coach, you gave an even deeper answer. But to cap it off and summarize all that, it, it hit me. You know how people say now, I'm trying to get my uh, social media savvy up with my words when they say I felt that. I <laughs> you say act like him, walk like him, live like him. That, that plain and simple, there's so much fluff in words we could say, but that plain and simple is the way that any servant leader should live their life. If you look for a blueprint, Aside from the Bible itself, act like him, walk like him, live like him. I like that, Coach. Woo! All right, at this time, guys, I'm going to open it up. Please, we're family here. There is no uh, type of order. Raise my hand. We just kind of jump at it and have at it. So if you have something for Coach, question, comment, anything for the, the good of the order, unmute yourself and let's talk. Coach, thanks. This was great, great message today. And, and when you just, just what – Coach Chelsea said about, you know, act like him. That that applies to us as as our faith. You know, act act like Jesus, walk like Jesus, live like him. And so, and you talked about that one percent. And a lot of times we've, I think we've all heard that. But imagine, I, and I wrote the note down to myself. Imagine if that one percent was, I'm going to be a one percent better Christian today, and then tomorrow. Imagine that impact that we all can have because it, it is, it's a daily, it's a daily calling to get no question. The 1% so is a life lesson. And the other thing that I was listening to something this morning and they were talking about Mark uh, chapter six, where it was the feeding of the 5,000. And, and the person said, you know, five plus two. And I just, it just came to, you know, five plus two doesn't equal seven, five, and I tweeted this earlier, five plus two equals abundance. And so, you know, we as, as Christians have, have great opportunities to live a, an abundant life, but just that 1% a day. And if we can, that, and, and you talked about accountability, we all have to have people in our life. And, and, and those of us in this profession are often, where do we, you know, where's our well that we go back to? I mean, my wells, this, this Tuesday's Thursday, this is, my, this is one of my wells. Um, so I just appreciate your message today and, and, and thanks and, and keep up the good work. Obviously you're doing amazing things. I can tell that lucky the, the, the people and young people you work with and, and the people in your building are fortunate because you know, you live it, you you live, you know, your life is your message and you, and you live it well. So thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Paul. So I have a question, uh, and Chelsea was, was kind of answering. I heard you talk about the 1%, and you said the 1% is the life lesson. 
So what what do you mean about the the life lesson in the one percent? Because I I understand that you know I understand what it in its totality means, but they're just in in that comment there seemed to be like a, a, some type of micro um, explanation. I think I might be missing. So I yeah, was wondering well, what you meant by that. When I when I say one percent is a life lesson, you know sometimes. Kind of like what Paul was just talking about. We talk about my basketball team just getting 1% better every day. Well, we can be 1% better Christian. We can be 1% better person every day. We could be in better, get in better shape every day. So I'm just saying this different parts of your life you can put the 1% in, not just in one area. Okay, so the life lesson is the totality of your life, not just yes. 1% better in an area. Yes, ma'am. Okay, all right, thank you. You're welcome. For that. I was still here waiting on Coach Huff. Everybody else talk first. <laughs> You know, you know, you know, I love you, brother, uh, my accountability brother, and and everything that we, we talk about and everything we do. Uh, I got on late because you know we had some stuff I had to do at the school, but I, I don't know if you really talked about that journey you went. You know, being that college coach and deciding you wanted to serve others and stepping down from doing that into the platform that you were able to do uh, with CB Black Hoops. Uh, have you talked about that? If not, uh, just just kind of dive into that a little bit about that serving leadership behind it. Yeah, I did. I did. I went through that whole story, um, Coach Huff, from when my mama said, when I got cut in 11th grade, if I keep God first, everything will fall in place. And um, I did I did talk about the step, the transition from college to, to uh, starting my own business from saying I just I didn't want to help 12 to 15 kids. I wanted to help thousands of kids. And, God has blessed me. I helped over thousands of kids through my events and exposures and just recruiting contacts. Being accountability partners, you know, we get on this this call every week and, and you and I talk, but we, we hold each other accountable. We talk about what we need to be better. And I, I go back to a conversation we had maybe about a month, month and a half ago, one morning doing our, our, our runs. And we said, we've got to be better Christians for ourselves about doing better with our walks with God. Mm -hmm. And I think for, for men to be able to have that conversation with each other, to hold each other accountable about our, our conversations about our walk with God, it, it was probably one of the deepest things that I've had, man. So I just want to say salute, brother. Appreciate you always. Uh, glad you're able to share your story, share your journey and your path to everybody that's on this call. Got it. Thank you. And and and, and Coach Huff, he, he's exactly right. Sometimes it's men. We don't like to have those real. You know, people use the word real, but we gotta we gotta admit. Sometimes, look, we may not pray as much as we should be praying. We may not be at church as much as we should be at church. We may not be doing these Bible studies. But guess what? For us to get better, we gotta admit that. Hey, we're not a perfect. We're not doing it right. We gotta get better. And come back to my one percent. We gotta get better. We gotta pray more. We gotta worship more. We gotta serve more in all areas. Uh, so, as you talk about accountability partner 
partners. Um, when did you get your accountability partner and how did you select who would be your accountability partner? And what would you say to young people who are looking for an accountability partner, how they go about getting finding that person? Well, I'll tell you, my, my, my most accountability partner right now is, is Coach Huff that's on. Um, and honestly, he just became my accountability partner through the pandemic starting in March and how that happened. Um, we was all in the same circles doing this thing. You know, it was a zoom call here. I said, Oh, that guy is at everything. We're in the same conversations and really, really Tiffany, it just happened through common interests. Um, you seeing them at the same places. I know I was in a good place. I know I was in the right place. He in the same place I am. Like, well, God, this guy is like on the same track. We're, we're going. We're trying to get to the same level. We're trying to get better. So I would say, when you see that, see that if you know you're in the right place, and you see some of those same people in that place, that may be the person you may need to connect with. And it takes a little while. You have to, you have to build that relationship. You have to, you have to have some experiences for them to say, okay. This this is my type of guy. This, this guy right here is on another level, and that's the level I'm trying to go with him. With him on, we can go together. So right now we're on the same path. Me and me and Coach Huff, Coach Huff, we coaches at a one A private school in the state of Georgia. I coach at a one A private school in the state of Georgia. Nothing like the kind of school he coached at. Now, trust me, it's two different levels. Um, but we both are going to compete for the same state championship. Um, we're, we're both going to compete, but we don't care that much about that because we still hold it. You know, in coaching, most people wouldn't have the kind of relationship that me and Coach Huff got because we still because people are so competitive. They like, I don't want to connect with him. I'm trying to beat him, but you know, at the end of the day, who cares? It's about getting better. It's about serving. It's about just trying to get better. And whatever happens on a quarter or in a season. It, it is what it is, but that guy going to make me way better for the long haul than any little season that we have. So I, I Tiffany, to answer your questions, I think if you see people in the same circles, in the same places that you're in, and you know you're in the right spot, those are the people you may want to connect with. Okay. And just a little bit to that, Tiffany, to add to that a little bit too, Coach Black, you're so right. Um, you know, Coach Huff the other morning, and if you all hear, uh, you know, I started to get a little frustrated. I hear the band playing outside of me, but then I thought, Chelsea, 1%. Them babies trying to get 1% better. Chill out. They're trying to get better, Chelsea. Leave That's alone. right. So I'm going to chill. Leave them alone. And talking about that, you know, in, 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 I put down in the chat, Genesis 4 and 9, am I my brother's keeper and insert sister uh, or whatever the case may be. And Coach Huff was the same for me. Uh, meeting on this call, he was actually a speaker in his own right, and we're going to showcase him in the future because uh, those words, I've listened to his, um, his, his message maybe 40 times over and over. It's like a movie each time I listen I get something else and that's the same person who you know first day 
showing up at Godby High School where I work and I was nervous and still am in the midst of this pandemic and in my box is a message. Um, you know, I'm waking up and as I shuffle my podcast, I got a text message say, Coach, take a listen to this this morning. So involving, much like Coach said, involving people in your circle that sharpen your iron, like the word says, iron sharpens iron. And so they got to be able to make me better. They got to be able to be in tune spiritually to how to sharpen my iron. But most of all, they got to be your no man too. So often, like Coach Black said earlier, is you got to be able to check the leader. And if you don't have people around you, know to you I'm, I'm out there's my godmother she's on this call a lot of times um almost every day even if she's working and i laugh so hard because my godfather always say you keep her around you you're gonna have some strong self-esteem you're gonna have a strong backbone because she's willing to tell me when i'm right but she's willing to tell me when i'm wrong and so you have to have people around you that's seeing before you making you better when you make a step in the wrong direction they're willing to tell you that but everything's in order to make you better Iron sharpens iron. That's the biggest thing that I say. And if, if people are making you dull, I saw a tweet a while back ago and it came back again today. And now I see it's for this reason right here that says some people hold you down and some people hold you down. Some people hold you down and some people hold you down. And it's so crazy how that tone changes its definition. But I think we all understood what that meant. So um, I hope that helps. On, on that too, but Coach Black, I think that is so right and so true, and I second that emotion about Coach Huff as well. Do we have anybody else? I don't want to leave anybody else out. Y'all know I can just... Hey, Coach Black, what's up? It's hey, how awesome. you doing, Robert? Hey, I just, listen, first of all, I've known you forever, and to hear your story was actually refreshing, man, and I, I appreciate it, and I've known what you've done with not only CB Hoops, but at the school and the things that you've done with the students and athletes that you've been involved with. And I just want to say thank you for, for everything that you continue to do. Thank you. Appreciate that, Father. Do we have anybody else? Hey, Coach Black, Coach Chris. Hey. Um, can you guys hear me? Yes, ma'am. Great. Well, first, I just want to say um, when I didn't have my screen on, I had little tears in my eyes. And my mama said, like, that, that was great. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Kind of needed that. But, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, my question is, uh, kind of want to know more about this Embrace Us. So I was just curious, like, do you have any, like, podcasts on that? I know it's a group of people. Um, are you doing anything else? I think I remember your face for something on Saturdays that you did. But what I'm trying to say is that I, I really feel you. I want to know, like, more with your journey and what you do. So I was wondering if you got anything else out there that, you know, we can log on, log on and see. But yeah, um, I, don't, I don't do many of these. This, uh, this Chelsea got me on this one. I, and, and go back to what you said. We got to spread. We got to spread. I need to, you know, uh, a lot of people don't know that story. I don't tell that story a whole lot. I probably need to. It's probably a motivating story for a lot of people. I probably need to spread that story more. Um, I only told that story once um, at South Georgia Tech. Get the team back with one, one year, and it was pretty inspiring to a lot of a lot of student athletes and um, embrace us. Um, 
we, we're, we're working on some stuff. Um, I can connect with you, Coach Chris, and it, it, it's all if you're if you're about transforming and powering and promoting it. That, let's let's connect. I'm, I'm all about it. I'm all about pushing people. Um, again, that's I think we got to push each other. We got to have people that's gonna push it, and uh, can't take it personal. I'm trying to get better. You know, Coach Huff calls me. Every morning, Corey, you worked out? Yeah, I worked out. I done worked out 140 straight days. And, I don't, and but, but do you know why I done worked out 140 straight days? Because I have someone that's going to check me. And that's Cabrera Huff. He ain't going to let me be average. And that's the way I've been. I have always surrounded myself with people that I feel like is better than me. In my athletic director position, I'm 38 years old. I'm blessed. I, I, I've overcame. I'm the only minority private school AD in the whole state. I surrounded myself with a 38-year veteran football coach. People have been like, why would you hire a 38-year vet football coach? Because he guy's good. He can coach football. He can help kids. He's an unbelievable person. I want to compete. That's who I want. Then I got the all-time winning this baseball coach in the state of Georgia, Bob Hara. Got 12 state championships and five different Hall of Fames. People say, why do you hire him? Because I want to get better. I want to compete. He's a good guy. And he's going to make me look good because he's going to win another state championship. He's going to win a lot of games. And, you know, it's about – but what I did, I surrounded myself with people that's going to push me. We had a position come open this year called the Dean of Students. People say, you gonna, you want that? No. So who do you want? I want that guy that hired me, gave me my first opportunity at Northside High School 10 years ago that just retired. That's a 30-year vet. I want him. They say, you want him? He got he no more. I don't care. I want all these veterans. I want all this knowledge around me so I can get better. So a lot of people would have struggled with that, but I, I just like to surround myself with, with greatness. Hey, I, I have something, Chelsea. Let me cut my screen on in here working. Coach Black, how you doing? Everybody's good? Glad to see everybody today. Um, <laughs> Corey Black, man, you you like a brother to me, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear your story and see what's going on with you. But um, all of us here are, are older on this call. What, what, are you, what are you doing to try and help this next generation of, of young leaders, um, men and women, to not only talk about your 1% better, but what, what are some tips you can give us? How do you challenge your kids at your school, et cetera? Um, you, you're talking about how we're, how we're, like, motivating kids to get better every day? I mean, you're 1%. Um, you know, just everything that's going on in the world today. I think you just – you. I think, I think Cam, and I tell my my leadership team here at the school all the time, we don't listen to our kids enough. Um, we the adults. We like, oh, listen, you listen to us, you listen to us, you listen, you listen. I'm gonna tell you how to do it. I'm gonna tell you what. Listen, what I do, I just sit, bring them in, and I let them talk about twenty minutes. I don't say nothing. I just sit there, and I just listen. And you know what, Cam, they, they appreciate that the most. And then we get in conversations about 
how you can get better, um, what can you do different, um, and just have those those tough conversations. But I don't. I try my best not to talk. I want. I want to listen. Our kids need more platforms to talk on, more platforms where they can listen. Um, I mean, where they can talk. They they. We gotta listen to our kids. I think more adults gotta listen more instead of act like we just know everything. We gotta listen more. I think that's just. I think that's how I've been successful. I, I listen to my kids. People are like, why are you listen to them? Because that's their feelings, and and we can listen. It doesn't hurt anything to listen. Then once you listen and you can hear where they're coming from, then we're able to guide. I think that's so awesome and so true and understanding that we are leaders um, in our own right, whatever the capacity is. Um, one of the biggest things, one, listening to them um, and uh, Coach Toyland uh, at Carolina University, she said this the best a couple of weeks back. She says, we have to give our kids a voice. We have to give our babies a voice. Speak for them so often. If we mute them so often, when it's time for them to speak up, they don't know what to say. Right. To make sure I love that coach when you say that because in the midst of this world right now where there's so many different things going on uh, that as adults as leaders that shift bandwidth we're even to the point sometimes where we're like oh my goodness God help me and it goes back to what you're saying they don't know how to pray yet they may not have a relationship yet they don't know what to say and so we have to listen there there are too many individuals right now you know when it comes down to adolescence and suicide mental health, mental illness is real. And so to be able to listen to them, coach, I think that is spot on um, because some of them endure some things that adults would fall to their knees. I hear some of the stories just from my own personal kids here um, all across the world. You have collegiate students who, you know, unfortunately we had a student here who went on to play college football, was on to do some amazing things. Great kid. Got the news. It hadn't been a year yet that he took his own life. Wow. And pain from that. And, and and this is coming from a person that had people that was pouring into them. Feeding, but that mental illness is real. Mental health is real. So I appreciate you so much. You're so spot on when you say that, Coach. So spot on. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to leave anybody else out. Um, you know, I see down here, I you, Tammy has been on today. She says, you have uh, Psalm 8 and 10. Two, you have taught children and infants to tell uh, tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. Right on, spot on with the word. You know, the word is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And that's spot on. So thank you for that. Do we have anybody else? Um, I'm going to have one final question for you as we close out, Coach uh, Corey. But I want to make sure that all uh, hearts and minds are clear before I do that. Do we have anybody else that would like to share anything or say anything before we get, get ready to wrap up? Go ahead, Coach Rob. Unmute yourself for us. All right. Can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Thank you. I mean, I'll say, you know, just really quick, when we look at here, and you, and, you know, and we, we look at God, I think, you know, I'll say God, you know, in terms of this, I happen to see this today on Twitter, and the next time I saw this, I'm like, hey, I got to get on this and, and be a part of this. I look to, you know, continue to expand. But one thing that resonated to me and so many things resonated was that how we talk about um, – young men and opening up and being able to be vulnerable because that's something that I try to do here. I coach collegiate soccer. And the one thing I tell our guys is that 
a real man isn't someone who who's silent and, 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 and says nothing. A real man is vulnerable to admit. And so some of the things we do that I start off with saying, hey, this is where I'm coming from. I'm vulnerable in that I have fear. Here's my fears. And then, you know, the other day I had one of my players call me and said, coach, can I talk to you? And then he called me and he says, coach, you know, you mentioned about, hey, if we need to reach out to you. And I said, yes. And so he's been having issues with an anxiety and he's never had it. And it's because through this whole pandemic in a normal time, we would be training, we'd be already doing everything, but we've been on hold and we can now begin. And so here he comes in a new venture, but it's one of those things that, you know, you look at it as we talked earlier, there's so many that are like that. And they think if I'm vulnerable, that's weakness. And it's, and so I really like them because I really try to convey that to them. And I keep harping that every time to them is, Hey, the door's open, but, and I try to give them where I'm coming from too, to let them know, Hey, I'm scared too at times and it's okay. So I really like that because I do. I mean, and one thing to get back to is, you know, obviously, you know, praying, especially at a public universities is, is difficult at times because it can get you tricky. And, you know, when I came here after, you know, leaving where I was, you know, for a number of years and we'd pray every time before a game, I came here, I didn't really know whether I should or shouldn't, but it, it just felt like there was a void. And so after this past year, I decided I need to get back to what I know for me is peace of mind. And I always tell everyone, I don't know everyone's background. I'm not here to convey which is, you know, God is best and what you have, but it's important for me to have these moments. And so however you want to share that, because I just felt that as a void for me. And here I am trying to win, but I feel like part of my big void is I'm, I'm ignoring to me, God, I need to, I need to be strong to say, Hey, it's okay. And I'm not afraid to speak it in a way that allows them to feel good about doing it. Because I mean, I think, I mean, like being part of this, I look forward to more and listening. I love your story. And it, like I said, you know, I definitely, I got that on the board. So when I was reaching here and you guys saw me reach, I was reaching, put the 1%, get better every day, you know, for myself and players, you know, and obviously number one is a, is a servant of God. Thank you, Rob. I think that's awesome, Coach Rob. We're actually glad to have you. You know, one of the things, and I, and I love what you said so often, um, I'm going to say this really quickly so we can wrap up. When we're coaching, and we say this oftentimes, many coaches that have come on and said the same thing, that wins and loss column, that's not going to be – God's not going to say, hey, what was your record? While we're winning games, are we winning souls? And so I'm so thankful that you got back to that because when – you know, we always want to respect the backgrounds of others. Um, but at the end of the day, if we mute ourselves in thinking that we're saving and trying to make sure that we're appropriate and not, you know, being uh, any part of leaning to, di you know, disagree with anybody or hurt anybody – um, sometimes those people want to hear that. And so I thank you so much for that, Coach Rob, just, as you said, getting back to me and getting back to that balance. And, you know, we look forward to having you on the more. Um, Coach Black, I got one more thing for you, man, and I'm going to get you off the hook for today. As y'all heard him, I'm so thankful because, as he said, he said, I don't do these too often, but Coach Chelsea. <laughs> so trust me, please know that I do not take that lightly, and I appreciate you. As I ask anybody on the closeout question each time on a servant leader, it is only right to hear what does servant leadership mean to you as a leader, as a coach, as a person who has expanded in what God has called them to do? What does servant leadership looks like look like to Coach Corey Black? It means everything. Um, sir, it's, that's life. We are only here to serve. We are only here to serve. I tell my administration that. I tell my teachers that. I tell my 
I'm here to serve. What can I do for you? That I don't even like to call people if I can't do anything to serve. Them. I, it's about that's that's my life. It's it's, it's serving. It, it means everything. I think I think if you have that that mindset of just serving, you can't get mad about anything someone asks you to do or anything that you got to do. It's 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 everything. Serving is everything. It it, it really is. You know, I I got a little volleyball game over here. Guess what? Serving is clean up those bleachers. Hey, sweep the floor. Make sure those girls okay. Make sure they got ice. Make sure they got water. That's serving. People don't always look at it as serving. They might be like, that's not his job. That's not your job. That's the truck. No, that's our job. Serving. Serving. That's it, 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 This is not rocket science when it comes to life, y'all. Love God. Serve people. That's it. Coach, that's so good. It really is. Um, and, I, and I'm so thankful because majority of the time I, I say this, we words may sound so simple, but it seems like it's the hardest thing to do. And you said it best. You said, love God, serve people. Coach Paul often says, love thy neighbor, right? And it, it seems very simple in word form, but if it were true and simple in action form, this world would be such a better place. But I love that, servant leadership. Love God, serve people. Y'all have heard it today from Coach Corey Black. Coach, I thank you so much just for giving of your time. I will say this thousands of times over because it's the truth. Time is one of the most precious and priceless things because once you give it, you cannot give it back. So I thank you so much just for being on today, for sharing your story on what mama did because uh, it's going to carry us over and carry us through. Um, if we trust in God, everything will fall into place. And I thank you so much because when I trusted in God and reached out and asked you, everything fell into place today in this hour. So I just thank you so much for being here, Coach. I admire everything about you. Continue to do great things because this world needs people like you. Love God and serve people. So thank you so much, sir. Thank you for having me, Chelsea. Everyone, thank you for getting on. And remember, keep God first and everything will fall in place. Get 1% better. Thank you. Yeah, I heard them. All right, guys, before we get out, if you don't mind, bow your heads real quick. Father, we want to thank you so much just for what we've seen and what we've heard, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for the words that if we just trust in you, everything will come into place, Lord God. Thank you for allowing that to hold true and help it to run down, Lord God, even in our hardest of moments, Lord God, in our hardest of paths, Lord God. Help us to continue to be the servant leaders that you've called us to be, Lord God. Love God, serve people, Lord God. Help us to walk like you, talk like you, act like you, Lord God, but help us to understand that we're doing this only to glorify you, Lord God. We thank you so much, Lord, for just choosing us to lead your people, to serve your people. Help us, Lord God, to, to retain energy, Lord God, where we fall on E. Help us, Lord God, to continue to be a light, Lord God, so that men may see you, Lord God, and glorify you who is in heaven, Lord God. We thank you so much just for what you've done. We thank you for what you're going to do. And we thank you for what you're doing right now, even when it seems that you're not working us understand that you are working and working well in your son jesus name we pray amen thank amen. you guys so much for tuning in you are always welcome back to the servant leader if there's anything that i can ever do for you just reach out coach Corey. thank you so much man